Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. everybody and welcome along to our live coverage from CTMP. It's the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship qualifying on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. We're at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. There are 10 corners of the 2.4 miles uh, situated uh, just along the road a little bit from Toronto. Nearest big town is Bormanville, smashing part of the world. And a circuit that has largely been left unchanged and untamed since it was first carved out of the local countryside a very long time ago now. Has held Grand Prix here for both motorcycles and cars and it remains a challenge to the drivers and they love it. The lap speeds that we are seeing here this weekend at the front of the field, we've not seen anything like for over a decade. In 11 years ago, when the Audi full fat R8, uh, R10 TDIs were here in the hands of Mark O'Verner, was running a 104.8 in the race. We eclipsed that this morning and got below that mark. We've got qualifying to come and the times will come down even further. Let's check in with Shea Adam down on the pit lane. We have three sessions of qualifying, 15 minutes apiece, and it will be GT Daytona to go first in what can only be described as pretty well perfect uh, conditions. A little bit of high cloud shape, but it's warm enough to get some heat into the Michelins without being too warm to stifle the engine's making power. But the biggest story starting, John, is not who is on the pit lane, who isn't. If you look out the window straight across the booth, you'll notice there's an empty space. That's where Paul Miller Racing was prior to a crash this morning. Chassis damage sustained to that number 48 Lamborghini means that it will not be taking part in qualifying and not be taking part in the race, unfortunately. So we are already down one car. Would you like to know who's qualifying the cars that are out on the pit lane, though? We've got Trent Hinman in the number 86 Acura. That is the championship leading car. The sister car, the number 57 Caterpillar car. That will be Bia Figuera qualifying that one. The two Lexuses, second and third in championship points, Richard Highstand in the number 14, and Frankie Montecalvo in the number 12. Next back, it is the 44 Magnus Racing Lamborghini, John Potter taking up his normal qualifying duties in that one. Patrick Lindsay driving the Park Place Porsche for qualifying. They've had some issues so far this weekend with engines that hopefully all fixed for that car and they can put in a good performance. The Turner Motorsports BMW has been a car to watch all weekend, particularly when Robbie Foley's been behind the wheel of the 96. And guess what? He gets to go out and try to qualify. Put the car on pole at Belle Isle. Later had that taken away, but he's looking for redemption. Cooper McNeil is behind the wheel of the 63 Scuderia Course Ferrari, and Ben Keating is behind the Mercedes-AMG GT3 machine. 
that one of Riley Technology. We've got Zachary Robichon in the number nine FAF Motorsports Porsche looking for a pole position on home ground. And in the two Sprint Cup only cars, the number 74 Lone Star Racing Mercedes, that's Gar Robinson, and the 76 McLaren of Compass Racing, another hometown favorite, that's Matt Plum. Share Adam down in the pit lane. We'll be talking to our pole sitters once we have had them determined in these 15 minute sessions. Jeremy Shaw, awful news for Paul Miller Racing, a, a season that hasn't really gone their way at all and it's not got any better this weekend. Yeah, really unfortunate for that team. They, uh, as soon as we saw that accident this morning, I thought that, that, that doesn't look very good at all. And uh, as Shay just confirmed, uh, that car will not be out. And yeah, nothing seems to have gone their, their way at all really this season. They've been better off in the sprint in the sprint races uh, because uh, they've had a, a third and a fifth in the two rounds so far, but non-starting today, that'll pretty much put them out of contention for that. They were they were in the uh, third or fourth position coming into this weekend, but for the defending overall series champions, just uh, really unfortunate and sad that we won't see that car on the grid tomorrow. What we have got then are 13 cars, uh, 12 cars remaining of the 13. We will not be seeing that number 48 car. We've also lost from last week. We lost the uh, the uh, Audi, the more speed Audi number nineteen. Also to a big crash in in practice last. Yeah, that didn't week. even make it up. That here. didn't make it up no. here. And the Starbucks uh, Audi pulled out as well uh, because well that that car just really wasn't competitive last week and they didn't see the point in thrashing around at the back of the field. Yeah, they've been unable to get the grips with yeah. uh, that car. The other Audis were competitive, and that I think is even worse for them in terms of head scratching. Uh, the green flag is out then, and the Lexus is the first to lead out onto the very tricky pit lane exit through the RFID readers for the Michelin tyres, which sends the information back to Michelin and to race control about which tyres are being used. And there are a set number of tyres that you can use throughout the race weekend. Actually, the Lexus wasn't the first out. It was the two Ac Acuras that sneaked out ahead of them from uh, MSR. Locked out the front row this time last week and then converted that into a win with one of the cars. Can they do it again? This is a similar sort of circuit, Jeremy, as to what we saw last week in terms of it being high-speed, flowing, high-G-load corners. Uh, it's a bit shorter than... Watkins Glen and the surface, thanks to the harsh Canadian winters, isn't perhaps quite as smooth. So the suspension engineers have had to do a little more work uh, this weekend. But but in character, it is actually very similar to, to Watkins that we were at last weekend. Yeah, in many ways, certainly there's, there's, there are certain similarities. It's fast. <laughs> it is fast. But uh, yeah, it, this is going to be an interesting qualifying session. I think it's interesting this weekend that the, the Acura's... They've been competitive, but they certainly haven't been as quick as they were one week ago at Watkins Glen. They were very much the, the, the class of the field in terms of pace. Haven't, we haven't seen that yet this week. We'll see how qualifying goes for the the two cars. Bea Figueredo, or Anna Beatrice, as she's sometimes known, uh, when she was racing here in the uh, in the Indy cars and Indy lights before that some years ago. And then even for the first few races of the season, I think she was calling herself Anna Beatrice. But uh, uh, Anna, Anna Beatrice uh, Figueredo is a, is a proper name, and she knows goes as Bea. And Bea will be qualifying at number 57 Acura and this afternoon morning. 
Just. <laughs> Still, yes. Uh, and the qualifying lap record here for Is... this. We better get that one in to public record quickly, I think, today. Well, you, we, we ha I don't think we've actually got down to uh, lap record times yet in GTD in, in, in practice. 16.2 by Robbie Foley this morning. That's been the quickest lap of the weekend so far. I think the record, though, is a 15.5. Wow. That was set last year by Jack Hawksworth in the Lexus. 115.581. Right. Well, let's see if we get somewhere near that. The speed's down the back straight. Up over 150 miles an hour for these GT Daytona cars. Running to the International GT3 specification. With some aero, but not nearly as aero-dependent as their bigger and more developed cousins in the GT Le Mans category which we'll see later on in this qualifying session 159 the quickest speed track figure we've seen for a GTD car that was actually the BMW of uh, Bill Auburn in the first practice session but uh, most of the cars are around about 156 to, to 158 that's quick enough oh yes that is quick enough in a a car that has very much has its roots in Street cars, albeit exotic street cars. Let's see what the first times are. We'll see, I think, guys, just bringing their tyre temperatures up gently on these Michelin tyres. What we have seen is they are very, very durable indeed. Not beyond the bounds of possibility that you would fuel the car and leave it out for pretty much the whole 15 minutes. Uh, different teams, different drivers, and indeed different cars requiring slightly different ways of warming the tyres up. You, you start with what's called a cold temperature uh, pressure, cold pressure, you'll hear the drivers talking about, and the tyre engineer, along with the car engineer, will work together to set that before the car goes out, and then within a couple of laps, hopefully the hot pressure will be where you want it to be to get the optimum contact patch and the optimum grip from the Michelin tyres. Coming to the finish line now, in fact, going through the 73 of Patrick Lindsay, 118 for him, 117 for Trent Hinman in the 86 Acura, winner last time out, 117.5 for Robbie Forley in the Turner BMW, the 96 yellow and blue car. He's coming around to complete another lap, just into our sight. We're just on the left-hand side, driver's left-hand side of the final corner, turn 10. Riding over the red and white kerb and dropping it back across the start-finish line. Foley goes to the top with a 16 A's. Now we're starting to get interested. Yeah, absolutely. Trent Hinman there laying down the benchmark with a 17-0, but Robbie Foley a couple of tenths inside that. Quick, it's through sector two. That car is quick on the straights here. That twin-turbo V8 engine in the BMW is uh, certainly very efficient around this, this uphill, long Mario Andretti straight leading into turn eight, and Robbie Foley taking yes. full advantage of it. He's driving beautifully right now. As Shea was saying a little while ago, he, he initially had the pole at Detroit. Unfortunately, it was taken away from him for a, a uh, technical infraction afterwards, but uh, he, did, he did the job at the, at the wheel of the car. You think it, was, it wasn't really a performance enhancement that to cause that car to be disqualified, but disqualified it was, so the pole did not stand. He's going to looking to set the record straight here. And... The number 12 Lexus, Fran Frankie Montecalvo, made good use of the uh, special 15 minutes that are given to GTD drivers of silver or bronze yesterday and improved his time significantly in a five or six lap run 
just kept getting quicker and quicker. Massive confidence booster for Frank, and he's driving really well this weekend. Uh, I agree. He was in the top three during that session. I think on his last lap around, he he, he, he cruised around because he, he was too close to traffic in front, so he's given himself a bit of space. He's on a good lap now. Trent Hinman has gone back to the top, though, at a 116.503. Uh, also, Robbie Foley did improve on that lap, but he didn't get quite close enough. 0 0.047, the margin between number 86 Acura and the number 96 BMW. W. Live in sound and vision, we're trackside at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Here comes Monte Calvo, crosses the line and improves. Does he? Yes, he does. Goes up to what was fourth for a moment, now fifth position. Ben uh, Keating goes up to third yeah, in the Mercedes. Great lap by Ben, uh, just uh, a tenth of a Loves second shy of Trent Hinman. Actually, Trent's just improved again on this last lap. 16.481 now for Hinman, 16.550 for Foley, 16.581 for Ben Keating. He's just in tune with that car. He said, I spoke to him just a few minutes ago. He said the car, for some reason, he knows not why, loves this racetrack, and so does he, and it shows. And he's loving the feedback that he's getting uh, from the car as well. He he says it really does tell you exactly what it's doing around here and having that confidence where so many of the corners you turn into as an act of blind faith because you can't actually see the center of the corner the apex of the corner Robbie Foley for BMW now at the top the 96 and we should mention by the way that uh, number 33 Riley Mercedes AMG GT3 is a new chassis. It's actually not a new car. No, uh, it's, it, sorry, yeah. it's a different car it, from correct. what they raced last weekend. They, they uh, had an incident early on last weekend, and oh. they didn't feel that they could repair the car to a standard that they felt comfortable with, so they rebuilt another chassis that they had. Ben Keating goes to the top in car number 33. 116.253 for Ben Keating. Which is Still quicker looking than he for went his last first year. ever pole. This would be a cool place for him to get it. That is quicker than he went last year in qualifying yes, by a couple or three tenths. He'll be delighted with that because talking to him this morning in one of our early sessions here on IMSA Radio... Uh, Adam was asking that question. He said, uh, if I can get somewhere near what we did last year, I'll be pretty happy, but I'm not sure that's quite in the car and the track and the temperature. Well, he's not only matched it, he's gone better, and he's on pole. And Shea did tip him for pole position. And at the moment, he holds that by a slim margin, 0 0.092 yeah. of a second to uh, Robbie Foley, who is looking to improve and does improve and gets down to a 16-1. <laughs> so he goes from 0 0.091 down to 0 0.081 up. Foley then to the point. We have six minutes to go. And... Here comes okay. the... This is a slow lap. Again. He, now he's, he's building he's, up. He's yeah. cooled, he cooled down just a little bit, only a couple of seconds slower than before. So now we've still got five and a half minutes remaining in this session, John, so there is time. That was a really, really smart piece of driving from Ben Keating. All the way to the kerb. That's all right. He kept his right-hand wheels on the red and white kerb. That will count. Yep. If he'd gone all the way over there with the Michelins on the right-hand side, he would have invalidated that lap. Very, very close attention being played to turn one and the bottom of the hill at turn two for any kind of advantage. Foley's lifted off as well now, and he's just trying to get another heat cycle into the Michelin tyres. Temperatures are pleasant here, nowhere near as scorching as they have been. Good crowd on hand as ever here. Massive crowds getting ready to come in early on in the weekend for the camping grounds here. 
Yes, great atmosphere here, always at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, and particularly this weekend. The place looks great. It's it's less humid as well, isn't it, than yesterday? Much. So conditions are really, really nice out there. Now the track is in pretty good shape. They had some problems yesterday. I think might be might be doing a little bit more sort of remedial work or, or preventative work on that track, maybe even before the Conti race this yeah. afternoon. But right now it's, it's working just fine. There's an improvement for Matt Plum in the McLaren. Uh, the SS3, yes, and, and for Compass. Compass Racing, roots here in the Toronto area, and the, the shop is still based here. I thought they moved the, sh the shop to California, to be honest. Uh, ben Keating into the pit lane. He ah. will not get a pole position here, but he's on a front row start at the moment, and that will be music to the ears of the Texan, one of the nicest men in the paddock. And at the moment, he's 116.2. He's not even a tenth of a second away from pole position. Zach Robichon for Faf in the Porsche. The plaid car has had his seventh lap invalidated. Track limits at turn one, just as we were describing. Meantime, Bea Figueredo up to fourth position for MSR and her teammate in the other car. Not the same colour scheme. She is in the Caterpillar-sponsored car. The 86 is the black and pink car of Trent Hinman. And he is just... Uh, three tenths or so further up the timing screen in third position bmw mercedes acura acura and now the two leading cars foley and keating both in the pits for turner motorsport and riley technologies so it's down to the acuras the porsche the lexus and the ferrari and the mclaren and the lamborghini to see if there's anything that they can do about those times 116 1 116 2 to get on the front row needs to find a tenth to get on the yes. front row, Jeremy. He's yeah. not going to do it. He's in the lane. Yeah. He is in the lane. So Bia Figueredo goes through to start another lap for the 57 car. She's got very little experience here. First time racer at this circuit. So she's taking every opportunity to learn the track. And this, there may be just an element of that here as well with her still out there with two and three quarter minutes still to go. Fraction improvement for Patrick Lindsay last time around in Park Place Porsche, car number 73, seventh fastest, a 117.0. So that's the seventh car within a second of Robbie Foley's pace setting time now with two and a half minutes remaining. This one's a slower one though for Patrick. Zachary Robichon still out there yeah. as well in the Faf Porsche. The new white stripes on the bonnet and the side of the car with increased involvement from their oil supplier. Good to see them here again on home ground of the Canadian base team. And very much looking forward to coming here. Zachary Robichon, what a young star he is. That's a name to conjure with for the future. Come up through the development series of IMSA, and particularly through the Porsche GT3 Cup. And looks like he might be off the throttle as well yeah he's cruising back in another track limits call for that car last time around so he's headed back into the pits so now the yeah that's about highest it, ranked car that's still out there is patrick lindsay and he's lifted off as well yeah gar robinson though in in kind of a 74 he's currently in 11th place in that lone star racing mercedes but if he can find well a tenth of a second he move up to eighth <laughs> Uh, and find uh, a, a couple or three tenths, let's say, he could potentially get in the top half a dozen. Last lap for John Potter as he starts 
another tour of the 2.4 miles. Patrick Lindsay will get another one as well. Gar Robinson went through as well between those cars. So it's Lamborghini at turn two. Just coming over the top of the rise is the AMG Mercedes GT4. And then about the same distance further back is Patrick Lindsay in the dark grey Porsche. No improvement in the first sector for John Potter as he heads up towards Moss Corner. About Var Robinson. He's just a second or two behind on the road. Apex, what apex? Missed the apex there to John at uh, turn five. Oh, this oh, this might be a half-decent lap from, from Var. Has he got a decent first sector? We'll see that in a moment. Now, oh, no, that hasn't come through yet. 23-1, not his best. So I don't think we're going to see no. any improvements. Big slide for John Potter as he came through the penultimate corner. Checkered flag is coming out. John goes through in the 44 car, does not improve. 118.9, VAR goes through. See above comment, 117.8, does not improve. About half a second off. Still Patrick Lindsay to come across the line, but he's not on a quick right. one, and his dashboard's told him that. He's peeled off into the pit lane. So we congratulate Robbie Foley, who's pulled it out of the hat again in that 96 BMW. Yeah, excellent job by Robbie. He's, he certainly deserves this one, as does that Turner Motorsport team. 22-year-old from Randolph, New Jersey. This is his 13th start in the Tech Sports Car Championship, and he hopes his first official poll. Interesting to see the Mercedes was quickest through the first sector of Ben Keating. The BMW through the second sector, that's up uh, the Mario Andretti straight to, uh, up until uh, the, you know, the fastest part of the course in the BMW. And the third sector, the quickest was the Acura of mm. Trent Hinman. Yeah, the sectors one and three are the twisty bits. And sector two from basically the exit of the... Or into and through the slower part of Moss Corner and then down the Andretti straight, the back of the circuit... So, pole position then yeah, for... It's that, that pace through the middle sector on the straight, though. That's what won uh, Robbie Foley oh, the pole. Absolutely. He's miles quicker than anybody else. He's got nearly four-tenths of a second on anybody uh, just up that, uh, that, that straight. And the margin of the pole, point zero eight <laughs> one of a second. Yeah. Four-tenths is almost the gap back to, what, fourth position. Yeah. And the Bear Figueroa... That's a, that's a very good, strong qualifying performance from Bear, who... Uh, hasn't been here before and yeah. has been getting as much time in the car as possible to pull out a time of a 116.8 uh, right in there and yeah, that was on her lap. sixth lap and that will give her the outside of the second row. She'll start alongside her teammate Trent Hinman. As down towards Shea Adam, we have our Paul Sitter. He's out of the car now and Robbie Foley then will lead away the GT Daytona class for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. In fact, I'd got him out of the car a bit early. He's just getting out now, Cher. He is, but uh, he's got his hands up, taps the roof of the car because this BMW did exactly what they asked of it. It's been a bit of bad luck for Turner Motorsports this year. They brought crystals, incense, whatever they could find to Watkins Glen, and it worked because they finished on the podium in second place, just behind the lead car. And now, Robbie kicking things off here at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park with a pole. Robbie, it takes a lot to get a pole position around here. How hard were you pushing? Yeah, really hard. This one feels good. It's uh, yeah, it's a high commitment track here. 
um, probably the highest speeds we uh, we do all year. So turn one, two, turn four, you're so committed, especially on a qualifying lap, just to get everything out of the tire. And yeah, I was kind of out of breath on that one. Um, but yeah, this feels good. It's great for our team. We had a, a solid result last week. We've had bad luck all year until that point, so let's hope we keep it going. Um, and this one feels good for me. My grandma passed away earlier this week, so it's nice to uh, to have some good uh, good result in qualifying. And yeah, we'll look to convert tomorrow. Yeah, condolences on that, Robbie. It, it was a rough race here last year for you guys too, because after going so strongly, wound up DNFing. Does yeah. this feel like you're on the path to redemption? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's the best place to start, so we'll just try to keep it at the front and, you know, cruise around for a bit. I'll hand it off to Bill, and hopefully, uh, yeah, we can convert tomorrow. Do you have one of the crystals in your pocket like Bill did yesterday? I do, yeah. They're working. <laughs> They're working. I don't know. Good luck, Robbie. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, listen, the, the superstitious lot racing teams and drivers, and you'll you'll take whatever you get, whatever whatever works for you. Yeah. If, if, if if the belief is there, then the belief is there, then it works. Yeah, they had all they were putting all sorts of tricks last weekend to try and throw off the, the curse that seemed to have been following them around. Bad juju. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. All sorts of things. Uh, that was his second best ever finish uh, for Robbie. It was like that that second place finish last time out at Watkins Glen. So stepping in the right direction here. Uh, had the the the, the Whole provision in Detroit, but uh, didn't didn't last. But I think I don't think we'll have the same problems here, and I think we can expect to see that number 96 BMW starting from the pole position, the best place to start, particularly when it's quick on the straights. So well, it makes it even more difficult to overtake. The pit stops are always good. So uh, are the stars now properly aligned? Yeah. So whatever you think about it, it's worked because they're on pole position. Uh, Bill Oblin was quick yesterday. Robbie Foley was quick today. That is a strong team in that blue and yellow BMW M6 uh, GT3. Rumour is that when that car is replaced, it will likely be an M4 body shape that will take over, which I have to say is a bit of a shame. I do like the big two-door coupe. It's a, an elegant car. Very purposeful and has been very successful in GT3. Guys, it's bigger sibling. The M8 is what runs in GT Le Mans. And that is where we're setting our next pole position. And another 15-minute session for the works cars. All factory-ended cars from Ford, from Corvette, from... Porsche and from BMW and Shea Adam will give us the qualifiers in just a moment or two's time she's just working her way back to the pit lane where the cars are and they will have another 15 minutes to go. Shea, what's it looking like in GT Daytona then? Uh, GT Le Mans. It's a very <laughs> Sorry, long GT pit Le Mans. lane. Yes, excuse um, me. Yeah, so I've just now gotten up to BMW, so I can tell you who's qualifying those two cars. Tom Blancfist is behind the wheel of the number 25 BMW. He's never been here before, but remember when we talked to John Edwards earlier, Neither had Alexander Sims, and his first time here resulted in a win for BMW. It's Jesse Krohn behind the wheel of the number 24, that bright green helmet. So both of them looking to become first-time pole sitters in GTLM. They could be joined by another first-time pole sitter, 
That would be Marcel Fessler, who is taking up the qualifying duties in the number four Corvette. And if you've missed out, if you're just joining us for the first time this weekend, Tommy Milner is here. He's on the pit box, but after hurting his hand in the crash at Watkins Glen, he will not be participating in the race this weekend alongside Oliver Gavin. It is super sub Marcel Fessler filling in there. Jan Magnussen taking up qualifying duties in number three, hoping to replicate what his teammate did last weekend and get a pole position for that number three Corvette. In the two forwards, Ryan Briscoe in the number 67, that's the pale blue one with the red stripe down the middle, and in the 2016 Le Mans winning livery for his own Le Mans win, that's Joey Hand. He looks pretty comfy in there, John, do you have to say? For the two Porsches, first and second in the championship, Patrick Pile leads the way. He's already got a pole position this year at Sebring, looking to try and get another one in car number 911. And Lawrence Fantor, looking for his first ever pole position in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, will be going for it in car number 912. Nice bit of banter between the Porsche guys and the Corvette guys. The new Porsche RSR official pictures just gone out this morning. That's the car that will replace this one. The new 992 uh, body shape and uh, the... Sent a note to all of the competitors at Corvette saying, look, we've shown you our new toy. When can we see yours? Uh, the new Corvette uh, C8R due out uh, later this month. Uh, not that far away now when we see the reveal of that car. Jeremy Shaw, what can you tell us yeah, about GT Le Mans? Yeah, a couple of quick notes. First of all, this is the 50th start in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for both Joey Hand and Dirk Mueller. Uh, and yes, Joey did miss the the last couple of, well, a couple of races uh, recently, but uh, Dirk had missed a few uh, earlier on. So, uh, and the other interesting note, I think, is as Shea pointed out there, there's, there's four drivers uh, amongst the field in GTLM that do not yet have a career pole in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. All four of them are going to be qualifying their car, their respective cars t uh, this afternoon. So that's that's kind of cool. So that's 50% of the field. So we've got a 50% chance yeah. of a brand new pole sitter. Yeah. Uh, if you follow <laughs> along with my thinking uh, on that. Ford number 66 in its 2016 Le Mans winning colour scheme. The 67 in a, an homage uh, heritage livery from the 1967 Le Mans 24 hours. And those two cars raced in those colours at the Le Mans 24 hours, uh, what, three weekends ago, four weekends ago now. And the same for the two uh, Porsches in their Brumos uh, tribute, I suppose, livery with the blue and red stripes on in made up of the famous Brumos number 59s all over that car. And they raced in uh, that livery as well back in June at the Circuit de la Sarthe in central flat France, at least, top of the Loire Valley. And with uh, some success as well for Porsche. They are on a four-win streak the Porsches, 9-11 and 9-12, and now our first and second in the championship. It's been a decent run as well for the number three Corvette, with uh, second place last time out for Antonio Garcia and Jan Magnussen. That uh, number three car, once again, leading the way for Corvette. The number four is the quote-unquote spare chassis, and that car leads out as the green flag is flying. This was the car that was prepared during the race at Le Mans and then straight after. Marcel Fesliff, you weren't watching, got involved with a very slow Porsche coming out the Porsche curves and had a big accident.
that damaged the car that they were racing at Le Mans, which was due to come back and race at Watkins Glen. They felt that that car couldn't be repaired in time, so they used this car, the spare chassis, started to build it up. It then competed at Rock Watkins Glen and got all of mm, about a third of a lap before it was involved in an accident with a Porsche. And barely made it to turn three. And the car then, the Corvette racing guy, stayed an extra day at Watkins Glen to make the bulk of the repairs. Spoke to them on Wednesday when they first arrived here. And there was a couple of little bits and pieces that they still need to fit on the car. Clearly that was all done in plenty of time before the cars were on track on Friday. And net result is that the car is here. The interesting part, as Shea mentioned, is that Marcel Fesler, who set that all in motion by being the driver at Le Mans that was in the wall hard, is now driving the car because of the injury to Tom Milner. We should try and get a word with Tom at some stage over the weekend and uh, see how he's feeling. He is here supporting the team. Yeah, he's always a good cheerleader, but he, 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 I know he'd be disappointed because he, he just loves to drive. And uh, this, uh, particularly on a racetrack like such as this. Through turn one then for Marcel Faislet. Slight breathe on the brakes. Cut to the inside. Make turn two effectively a two apex corner. Double apex corner. Up the hill. Just trail into the corner. The apex is about the end of the red and white curbs on your right hand side. Up through the gears. Probably a little lift just as you turn in. Oh, I'm not sure there. That might have been flat there for Faislet. Right rear tyre doing all the hard work there. Now through the slowest part of the circuit. You can lose or gain a lot of time here. Bit of curb hopping from Fesler on his first flying lap. Now onto the long Andretti straight, which isn't a straight. It's got a couple of kinks. It's got a couple of rises as well. It's all basically uphill. It's just some of it is slightly more uphill than it all. If you've ever walked the track here, you'll feel it in your calves by the time you get to turn eight, which is where Fesler is now. Eased the car to the apex again. Very quick turning. Then took it in to turn nine. Don't let it run too far out before you square off the corner at turn ten to try and get a good run to the start-finish line. Using the kerb on the exit there is all right. And Fesler goes through then. And his first lap, a 1.16.9. Lap record, Jeremy, here? Is one, yeah, 1 minute 13.517. Again, set last year by Nick Tandy in the Porsche. The fastest lap uh, of the week so far was Ryan Briscoe in the practice session earlier this morning in the Ford GT number 67, 1 minute 13.739. He had about a tenth of a second over Jesse Krohn in a BMW car number 24, and then Patrick Pilot was third, and Jan Magnussen was fourth in the Corvette. So it's Ford, BMW, Porsche, Corvette, the top four in the practice times thus far. And I think we've now got an empty pit lane, Shea Adam. The two Porsches were the last two, I think, to peel out uh, of their pit boxes. Have the, the Fords both gone out and the BMWs? The BMWs generally are the last to go. Right. Well, we've got one Ford out, definitely, the 66s. I, yeah, I think I'd the 67 is still here, All right, John. Okay. And both the BMWs? Yep. All right, okay, thank you. Yeah, the BMWs in particular, they always seem to like to everybody else go out there, lay down a little bit of GTLM rubber, uh, and then they uh, take advantage later on. We often... We don't often see the GT car, GTLM cars running all the way through the session and setting fastest times at the end, having run the entire session, but it certainly wouldn't be out of the wrong possibility at all. Quite a short lap here at 2.4 mm. miles. Somewhere for the prototypes around 64, 65 seconds. 
And if you've never seen prototype qualifying before, prepare to be impressed because these cars are seriously quick around here. An average lap time for the prototypes, well over 134 nearly to 135 miles an hour we'll get to that in a wee moment but there's still 10 minutes of gt le mans qualifying to go as the 912 porsche screams around turn number eight to start its fast lap right past our window and onto the start line and marcel fesler goes down to a 15-2 and that's the first lap that anyone has turned that is quicker than the whole GT Daytona field, which we saw qualifying earlier on. Meantime, Porsche, Lawrence Van Turp through town, turn two, doesn't run too wide at the exit of two, drags the car back to the left-hand side of the road before setting up for the uphill turn three. Lots of places. Oh, he's braking. Doesn't like the lap. You'll have seen that on his dash. And so he's lifted off. Into turn five now, but a definite dab of the brakes, long dab of the brakes. So he's going to find a bit of space on the racetrack. He'll be talking to his engineer on the pit wall. They'll be looking at the data that they've got that tells them where all of the cars are on the circuit. Under nine minutes to go now. And the two Corvettes, one and two, but separated by nearly three quarters of a second. And Shea Adam... Uh, to quote a well-known song, we think you're alone now. I, I am finally alone. Yes, Crone, always the gentleman, was waiting uh, for as long as he could, sitting in the pit lane, keeping me company. But now the 24 BMW is out on track, which means that eight cars are around Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. The unmistakable howl of the flat six. Barely a lift and a break into turn one, even for these GT cars. Wide through turn two and running over the kerb for the number 912 of Lawrence Van Ter, but he's on a quick one now through turn three on the power. Super early, changing up to fourth gear. Meantime, the 67 Ford goes through the final corner to start a fast lap for that car. And the 67 has Ryan Briscoe on board. That's quick through turn one for a GT car, isn't it? Ford GT up to second. Joey Han, 115-224. Splitting the two Corvettes and on a quicker lap, the 66 car. In fact, has the quickest of the cars that have been out so far and posted the time, the quickest first sector time. So both Fords beginning to turn the wick up just a little bit. Yeah, they're taking a few laps, aren't they, to get these yeah. uh, Michelin tyres really up to temperature here. Taking a little bit longer than I'd anticipated. 15.0, the fastest time so far by Marcel Fessler and Cullen before. That just eclipsed by Lawrence Vantor down into the 14s now. 14.7, number 9.12, Porsche. And again, the fastest time this morning was a 13.7, so a full second quicker than that. Just looking, putting things in perspective, the last time the Formula 1 cars raced around here, by the way, uh, was in 1977, so a long time ago now. Mario Andretti was on the pole, was on the pole and all got, also got the fastest race lap that year. The fastest race lap was a 1 minute 13.299. Track was... Tra track surface was about the same the wall the uh, fences were uh, a very different bucket those days though you had the bridge then you're going down towards turn four very daunting sight that as the bridge abutments were right up towards the 
side of the track. Well, we're yeah, on and turn two. There was no runoff either, was no. there? 14.4 now is the new best time. And that has just been put in by Patrick Peely in the number 911 Porsche. So it's Porsche, Corvette, Ford, Porsche, Corvette, Ford. BMW still getting up to pace at the moment with Jesse Kron, the last man to start his first flying lap, if that makes sense. Does mean he'll have some tyres left at the end when the track maybe will be at its best, question mark. Through turn five, Moss Corner for Jan Magnussen, his 151st start for Corvette Racing. Yep, and he's uh, his 60th start, 59th start actually in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Lawrence Vantor to the top of the 114.1. Ryan Briscoe is on a good lap in car number 67. Joey Hand second place in number 66. Uh, Ryan Briscoe coming up toward us now. There he goes. There he goes. Oh, looked to be a bit slow out the final corner. Is he still going to get a decent time? Not bad. Yeah, a 13.983. Oh, yeah. So the first one into the into the 13s. That's Ryan Briscoe. It did, didn't look particularly quick, didn't it? It is deceptive that 4 GT, isn't Very it? Particularly with that low engine engine note. That's a good point on that uh, V6 turbo. Yeah, it covers the ground, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. A little bit of. A flick of the rear end of the Corvettes that goes over the top of the skyline at two and dives into that compression. Tom Blunkis on a really good lap in car number 25, the BMW. He goes personal best in, uh, well, he's going to be because he's in his first flying lap, really. He was purple briefly in sector yes, he could. two. Okay, yes, and he, he now goes to the top, does Tom Blomquist. A 113.548 in the number 25 BMW. It's not going to last. His teammate's going to pip him, Jeremy. Here comes the other... BMW and goes to the top. That's the 24 car. Yes, yep. he 13 flat. Yeah. Now that's wow. That is really, that is really throwing overhand. Yeah. That is big stuff. Uh, that I can't see anybody matching that. I mean, that's a full half a second quicker than the lap record. It's seven tenths quicker than anybody oh. went this one. A big slide there for for yes, he He's try, trying to match it. I think. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that was turn three. Lefty's turning a tiny that's bit a too late. That's a heck of a lap. Thirteen flat for a GT car, Jeremy. Yeah, that's that's absolutely flying. Yeah, that is extraordinary for the team. Rahal Letterman Lanigan BMW drivers, first and second. He'd already been very so, wide at turn two. very close there to the, to the track limits. Yeah. Okay, well, that was on the same lap. So, okay, so he's, he'll, he'll get away with that one. And now a spin for <laughs> the other car, Tom Blomqvist, yeah. who was on a decent lap yeah. there. Yeah, he'd gone purple in sector one, had uh, had Tom. Uh, it was don't oh, forget he lost if it he, through nine. Don't forget, if he causes a red flag, he will lose that fast lap. And did a really good job there. He, he, he lost it going through turn nine, the left-hander before the final corner. We're on board, we're watching on board here, just trying to carry too much speed. The yeah. rear end steps around and did a really good, got on brakes initially, then got off the brakes to ensure the car didn't back into the wall on the left-hand side of the racetrack there and just kind of steered the car back into the middle of the track and then around and got going again. So good driving there by Tom Blomkist. I always wonder if he'll do one more lap just to make sure he hasn't squared off the Michelins. Yes, the Crone has said thank you very much indeed. He brings that car into pit lane. Yeah, He's only smart. completed three laps. That is a very, very impressive. Boy, the BMW team, they were keeping their in. powder dry, weren't yeah. they, up until qualifying? Never saw a glimpse of that. Out pull back in. Yeah, uh, And brilliant. now 
Yes, he crone has to be a bit careful because he's got a Ford on a fast lap and he saw it. He got out the way. Put the brake lights on very early so that the Ford driver, Ryan Briscoe, in the 67 car, in that very light blue and orange Ford GT, the new Ford GT Mark II announced yesterday. A track day only car, 45, will be built, 700 horsepower. And Briscoe has lifted off, so those two are touring back to the pits as well. Uh, did you just say the improvements there for Lawrence Van Tour and Joey I was just, I was, Did I, you just I, say that? I did not know, yeah. but I was about to look but, at the Porsche times. But down in fifth and sixth positions, 114.0 for Lawrence Van Tour in the Porsche, 114.1 for Joey Hand in the Ford GT. Porsche looking very, very poised over the top of the hill. Not so much in turn two. After a big slide, takes him off the track. At the exit of turn two, actually, that was a pretty good save. That would have been easy to panic, try and do too much with the car, and uh, spin it. Yeah, it would have been a problem. It would have been a problem in the old days. Mm, yeah, that would have been on the grass. That's yeah. Ollie Gavin go off there, uh, warm up best. on you. Mm. Yeah, remember Ollie going straight. Ron Briscoe's on a on a uh, personal best in sector one in the number 67 Ford GT. He's got. Two and a half tenths of a second he needs to find around the lap if he's going to knock the BMW, one of the BMWs off the front row. Van Tour thinks there's another lap in this Porsche. He's just going to cross the line down to turn one. I, I didn't see the brake lights come on. That's extraordinary. All the way to the track edge. That was right on the ragged edge. Down through two now. Goes wide in the middle of the corner, but it seems to work for the Porsches. They don't pinch the back for the second apex. Now into turn three, comes in maybe a tad early and then rides the rim on the exit well before the red and white kerb. He was right to the white line in the grass over the top of the brow at four. That car looks so well balanced through there. Breaking hard up the hill, takes the inside kerb at Moss Corner, rides across the left-hand kerb and squares up the exit. What's his times like? Meh. Meh. Yeah. yeah. Not, you're not going to be challenging the front row. Uh, Ryan Briscoe did improve on that lap, despite the fact he didn't go any quicker in either the second or the third sectors. But overall, it was a fractional improvement. 113.804 now for Ryan Briscoe in third place. Checkered flag is out. Two BMWs at the top of the time and monitor. And Lawrence Vantua isn't going to complete this lap. He obviously saw on his dashboard that it wasn't much points Ryan Briscoe's lifted off BMW BMW Ford Porsche Porsche Ford Chevrolet Chevrolet Corvette Corvette hmm. we no, have not Corvette seen these bigger gaps in GT Le Mans for quite a long time Jeremy in qualifying we have seven, not seven tenths between Paul and the Ford GT now all right he's got his teammate in there I think that was an exceptional lap by Yes, he crone there. Tom Blomqvist doing a good job as well with a 13.5. So he's the better part of three tenths of a second away from the Ford. But four tenths between the two BMWs, that's yeah. a, that's the crone effect it right there. Brilliant. The 
28-year-old from Nurmijärvi in Finland. This is his first ever pole position in this championship. He has had, had, had the fastest lap before, but not a pole position. So there's another one chalked off. This is now only of the drivers in the field this weekend. There's only Marcel Festler, Tom Blomqvist, who came off, who tried awfully hard here, uh, and uh, Lawrence Vantor yet to win a pole. So two of our four poles that as we now know, and we'll just wait for the number 24 BMW. It's a front row lockout, of course. BMW have Munich the front row. And the M8 GT LMs, GTEs, depending on where you look. And so down towards Sheer Adam, we have the Jesse Krohn, Tom Blomqvist has gone back to the paddock, and here comes the second of the BMW M8. Only the second front row lockout this season. Porsche mm. did it at Long Beach, with Nick Tandy on the pole and Lawrence Vantour in second place. It's the sound of a BMW pulling up next to Shea Adam, the red number one on the side to match the red mirrors, red wing end plates, and the red number background, designating that as GT Le Mans, Paul Sitter for the Mobile One Sports Car Grand Prix here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, which will be live in sound and vision on Sunday and also on Sirius XM as well as the IMSA app. And Jesse Krohn's very distinctive helmet design. He's had green on his helmet for as long as I can remember. And we have a brand new pole sitter, and Shea Adam is there to ask the questions. He's very happy, John. First pole position in GTLM. Congrats, Yessi. This is a fine place to get it done. Yeah, finally. It's uh, <laughs> I've waited this for a long time. Uh, the car was great today. We went for the good old one-lap banger, so just uh, put it all on one lap. We, we know it's going to be critical on tyres here in the race, so the, the more you can save in the quality, the better it is in the race. So definitely a great job from the guys giving me the car that I had today. It's a new qualifying record as well, and it's 1.6 seconds between you and eighth place in the field. So that was quite the effort that you put out there. How much is left in those tyres, though, for the start of the race? There should be plenty. The, the lap was good, uh, really good, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think there was more that I, I could have given. But yeah, I think the tyres should be good for the start of the race and, and we should be golden. And how much will it help having your teammate alongside of you for the start of the race? Uh, John is, uh, I, I couldn't do this without him. Like we're a, we're a great team. Everything just works super well with between us. So uh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to get the job done at the end of the race. Good luck to you both and congrats on today. Thanks. And an all BMW front row for Rahal Letterman Lanigan. Jesse uh, Krohn takes his first pole position. And then it will be Ford number 67. Then the first of the Porsches, Patrick Peeler's 911, just getting ahead of the 912 of Lawrence Van Ter. He did have another go at the end there, but it wasn't happening for him. Bailed out the lap before he saw the chequered flag. So inside of row number three will be Porsche number 912. Outside is the number 66 Ford GT and the Corvettes. Uh, three and four on positions seven and eight. However, as we've said before, uh, the 
performance in qualifying may not necessarily reflect performance in the race. No, that's true. But uh, it, you know, it is difficult to overtake here. It's not the six hours like it was no, uh, a week true. ago. Uh, and uh, I'm certainly surprised that uh, we didn't find more pace. Well, particularly from from Rianne Magnussen, who's got plenty well, of experience even get around here. Anywhere near where they'd uh, been running earlier on the day? No, no that's what I was just fourteen just two at a fourteen seven. Yeah, for the Corvettes. You well, know, his best yesterday, actually, it was this morning, was a fourteen zero for Jan Magnussen. Yeah. So, uh, but well, as you say, you know, it's unlike him to be you know, losing nearly three tenths of a second on that. You, you'd have thought he'd have found a little bit. Uh, the, the BMW, by by contrast. Uh, found uh, over three quarters of a second. Mm. Good stuff from, in particular, Jesse Crom. Should a little tip of the hat as well to Tom Blomqvist. Yeah. Uh, again, another young man at the start of his career and uh, hasn't got a lot of experience at this track. Given the, given the honour of qualifying here, and a 13.5 and three-tenths ahead of the field, Jeremy, is by no means a bad result. And I think he'd have probably taken that if you'd offered him it before the qualifying. And he wouldn't have expected to be nearly half a second away from pole position. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I think uh, they, the, both of those two guys really nailed it. I mean, yes, he particularly, yeah, he has the advantage of a bit more experience, prior experience here. That certainly helps. Um, very few people come here to the for the first time and, and, and absolutely blow everybody away, which mm. is which is what Jesse Crone did there. But for Tom Blumkitz to be quicker than everybody else by more than well, a quarter a quarter of a second, that bodes very, very well for, for that for that team as well. So both of the BMW is super strong and um you know, you should never be surprised, I guess, at uh, at at supposed curveballs being thrown at you in GTLM, but I am certainly surprised at the margin those two have over everybody else. Good, good job, job by everybody mm. on the team there. They've clearly given those two drivers a, a good car as well. Well, if you thought that was intense, ah, hold my coffee because we are now getting into the realms of super fast cars. It was 11 years ago that the race and qualifying lap records were set by Audi by Mark Verner in the race and by Dindo Capello in qualifying. A 14 flat, one minute 14 flat in qualifying uh, and a 14, what was the race lap record for Mark Uh 5.8. 14.5.8. No, 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 a 1 minute 5.8. Yeah, um, one minute four, four, one minute four yeah, and, and one a 1.4 minute 5.8 five, five in the race. Five, uh, one minute 5.8 in the race. Yeah. That was with probably 700 plus 800 horsepower in those Audis in those days, the full fat cars, uh, with bigger tyres, with more downforce, and uh, with a huge budget as well, of course, with those Audi R10 TDIs. We are going to be close to that today. I don't think the qualifying record will go, but I think we will get close to the, that race la record, and I, that will be an extraordinary achievement for the current crop of DPI cars to be able to say that we are back where we were uh, 11 years ago. We've not seen anything like that since the departure of Audi and Porsche from the then American Le Mans series here. Those P2 cars were awfully quick as well. They're little lighter weight cars around mm. here, very aerodynamically efficient. But now we are getting back to those times. And anybody that thinks that DPI is a poor relation of sports cars or not a proper prototype, watch the next 15 minutes. Shea, who have we got qualifying? 
Stand back, John, because uh, <laughs> you might actually need to take a seat during this. For Yunkos Racing in the number 50, Will Owen. First time to the track. Driving was yesterday. Before he even went out on the track, he went on the Symmetric Simulator to try and learn his way around here. Well, he has picked up on it very quickly. In JDC Miller Motorsport, I didn't see who was in the 85, but in the 84, it is Simon Trummer. For the Mazda camp, it is the 77, Tristan Nunez, and the 55, Jonathan Bomarito, race winner last time out. The 10, Connick Nolte Cadillac has Jordan behind the wheel. He is ready to go. Elio Castro Neves looking for a second opportunity here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park will be driving the number seven for Acura Team Penske. His teammate Juan Pablo Montoya, another guy who had trouble wrapping his head around this track last year, going for qualifying in the six this year. Championship leader, keep in mind. For the 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac, it's Felipe Nasser. And in the five, it's the other Philippe, Philippe Albuquerque for Mustang sampling. And the last car that I saved, the core Autosport Nissan DPI that's been so fast this weekend, it's Colin. Keep your eyes on those cars. Colin Brown then Good. has been the quick guy. That This is really interesting. 15 minutes on the clock. The green flag is in the air and at least half the field, maybe more, are straight out into the fast acceleration lane and heading towards that tight and tricky pit exit past here Adam down there at the far end of the pit lane. Um, now, Jeremy. Hats, we, we well, hats off to Core Sport yes. first of all, that, that, because John Bennett has qualified the car every other race this season. Uh, so that's good to see. I'm just looking back when the last time Colin actually qualified a car. Didn't do it last year either. Um, so so it's, it's a while ago. He got three pulls last year, but then they switched the cars and started from the back, didn't they? Oh, well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, here, being one of them, and I think it was Road America and Watkins Glen, because he did true. a back-to-back -back -back Watkins yeah, good Glen. Point. Um, good point. Like Shea reminded me, yeah, in fairness. Well I, I don't carry that around in my head. I hear little voices in my head telling me things. It's normally Shea. Yep. Hopefully only when I've got headphones on and I'm sitting in a booth. So... We are looking for something around 134 and a half, 135 miles an hour average speed around this lap. That's putting that into perspective. And the cars will top out at somewhere near 180 miles an hour, maybe a mile an hour or two more on the back straight before they turn into turn number eight. Clear track for the number six, Acura, out on the circuit through turn one. Colin Brown telling our colleague Brian Till earlier on, no brakes for turn one. It's a breathe on the throttle and straight back on and nearly 150 miles an hour minimum speed through turn one. Minimum speed. And at that point, you are really putting yourself in the hands of the unseen forces of dark magic that are that is downforce because you've just got to believe at that point that the front Michelin tyres are going to go and take the car where you point them. That's an extraordinary thing to do into that first diving corner so quick. And we haven't seen that for a long time either here, not since the Porsche Spider P2s and the Acura ERXs, which was hugely aerodynamically efficient and super fast through the corners. So who's going to be the first to put the big time in? 
or the small time in something around 65 seconds even perhaps a high 64 seconds Philippe Albuquerque already halfway around his first flying lap heading up the hill to turn three the 85 car is out there as well and there's already been a bit of a incident for the 85 cars it clobbered the curb going into Moss corner and that took the car off track to drivers left in the middle of that 5AB and C complex it, the big question for me That's is what sort of pace are we going to see Misha Goitberg yeah. yeah I figured it would be um, yeah, the big question for me is what sort of pace we're going to see from the Mazdas because we haven't seen ultimate pace from in terms of lap times went down to the team just a little while ago a couple of an hour or so ago before the last uh, qualifying full qualifying began and the, the basic problem was not not finding a clear lap. The, the traffic right. around here, when all the cars are on the racetrack, it's really difficult to find a clear lap, and the, the masses really didn't. But they got good straight line speed, uh, pretty much equal to the Nissan in the straight line. So we'll, this will be interesting. Yeah, and they were battling for track position at the moment that they came out of the pits, Jeremy. And all around that warm-up lap, they clearly have an idea of what they want to do. Both Acuras at the moment, though, are the ones to beat. Juan Montoya with the 106 flat, 106.4 for Elio Castro Neves. Then the best of the Cadillacs already had a lap disallowed, the 31 for Philippe Nasser in the wheel and engineering red and white Cadillac. Ten and a half minutes to go. Fastest time of the weekend so far set this morning by Elio, by Elio Castro Neves at 105.632. The existing track record set by Colin Brown last season 106.3 well that's gone it's gone already that's yep. gone already first flying lap pretty much now let's Colin see. Brown into the fives a 5929 really? for car number 54 well oh, the crest in turn two that car is on the edge isn't it flying through turn two that is a handful but yep. that's how Colin likes it on the nose of the car around. the car is Bumping around and almost getting off the ground on the bumps here. The car's Castro just letting him Neves do that. 105, 526. 526, right, okay. Quickest lap of the week so far. From Castro Neves. Collins going quicker. It's winding up that Nissan on the straight, isn't he? Yeah. This is the Nissan, effectively the GT3 engine that we'd see doing duty in the Nissan GTR. Uh, on a lease agreement with wow. Nismo, That's 54 red, white, speed. and blue car looking fabulous and so stable through turn eight and nine. Takes a huge amount of speed through nine. Now in front of us, already on the start-finish line. And goes through now and goes back to the top. There it is, a 105.4. How much more is there to come? Well, he didn't clean up in, in all of the sectors. He did his own personal best in one and three, the twisty bits. But as we've come to expect, Jeremy, he was the quickest of anybody in that long section in the middle that includes the Andretti straight. Yeah, by two or three, three tenths of a second, that's where all the time is coming up there. Castro Neves just point zero seven four behind his last lap was a slow one. He'll be going for a quick one now. Jonathan Bomarito up to third place, number fifty five Mazda one oh five point eight. Teammate Tristan Nunez right behind him now. 105.913 for car number 77. So it's now Nissan Acura Mazda Mazda. Juan Montoya, fifth place in the number six Acura. Mm. Then the best of the Cadillacs. It's Philip Albuquerque in car number five at a 106.1. Six tenths back, but 
Albuquerque had just gone purple, fastest of all in sector one. Yeah, and he's got a clear track ahead of him, Jeremy. There's a, been a bit of traffic. Another lap gone for Albuquerque in the... Uh, sorry, check that. Uh, Felipe Nazar in the 31 car. And that's turn one, track limits again. So he needs just to reel himself back a little bit. Number seven, coming towards the end of the lap for Elio Castro Neves. Mazda to third, Bomarito. No, he was third, Montoya jumped to fourth it was. Yes, that was improvement me. there. Yes. Yep. No improvement for Albuquerque, despite him doing the fastest first sector of anybody. Wow, no, by point zero zero seven. Castro Neves is on a quick best. one here, Jeremy. Very quick one indeed. He was super smooth through one and two now. Let's see what his first sector time is. See if that represents that. Yeah, look, the Cadillacs are really, really good through the through the twisty bits here. It's just on the straights they're losing out, and that's been a, a common factor this season. 18.9 from Brown and 18.9 from Elio. Those are decent times. Pomerito 5.7 that time. Montoya 5.8. In the LMP2 battle, number 38, Kyle Masson by four-tenths of a second. Hmm. Over Dalton Kellett from Stouffville in Ontario, making his sports car debut this weekend. His home track, I think he's pretty much, he's based these days in Indianapolis, but uh, this is very much his, his home ground for Dalton Kellett. Got a lot of supporters here, I am sure. Really nice young man. Great to see him making his, uh, taking the opportunity to drive a sports car for the first time for the PR1 Matheson Motorsports team. Mazda winding up to another lap. That is the Tristan Nunes car. He's picking up the pace. His teammate's just gone across the line. Oh, just the lightest of lifts through turn one. Up to turn two. Turns it in. Eases that car in. Missing the bump on the inside. This is a good lap already. You can see it from the Mazda. But he's catching one of the Acuras. And they're going to have to have their wits about them. Really wide exit from turn three. Across the... Top of the hill and heading into turn four, diving into that corner and trying to get straightened up before you cut across onto the darker asphalt and break for turn five. That's, this is a neat lap that's been put together by the 55 and Jonathan Bomarito. Does look good. Through that compression in turn four is a lot of G-force there. Yeah, you've got a bit of lateral G as well as dropping yeah. down, for like, almost like falling off the end of the world. Improvement for Willow and for Junkos last time around. And for Kellett, uh, 108.7. Uh, 55 Mazda is out of it, coming mm. round to the end of the lap. Again, five minutes to go, built up towards the final corner to get a good run on the start, finish straight using the kerb on the exit. Let's have a listen to turn one. Meantime, the number five of Philippe Albuquerque, seventh position for the Mustang sampling Cadillac. And that is not riding the bumps too well either, Jeremy. It doesn't look as no. stable a platform as the Acura is. I mean, no. Colin Brown, he's, he's driving the wheels off that Nissan. It doesn't look a comfortable ride. I don't think he could do those kind of laps. Lap after lap. Well, probably Colin could, actually, because he's a, an extraordinary talent. But the Acura yeah. looks by far the most balanced car. Yeah, I think the, the Cadillacs look good as well, don't they? But they don't have the ultimate pace, and they're losing all that, that uh, speed, the lap time on the straights. But other than that, the Cadillacs are really, really competitive. Just don't handle quite so well on the straights. <coughs> 
something like that. Im, Im, yes, but well, what's interesting to me is we, we're not seeing any improvements at the moment, and uh, this track, yeah, as fast as it, as it is, uh, it's quite uh, quite abrasive on the tyres. Yeah. The tyres don't last as long here as they do some other tracks. Three Cadillacs have already headed back the pit lane. Philippe Nazarin, the number 31. Yeah. Will in engineering, Philippe Albuquerque in the Mustang something number five, and Jordan Taylor has just gone back out again. Now that's interesting. He was in the pit lane. You're not allowed to touch the cars. Mazda 77 in. Tristan Nunes with just under four minutes to go. Colin Brown's on another quick one up at Moss Corner, slithering that number 54 core autosport car through the middle part of the corner. So is Alio Castronovas. He's just gone blue. That's personal best in sector one. He's only point zero seven four of a second to find less. Oh, oh and a tenth of a second. That is Elio. He's lost it at turn five. We saw him do that last year as well at that corner. I think he's lost the engine there as well. He's trying to restart as his teammate goes through. Ready and all of those cars... cars yeah that have just gone through will, of course, not been able to improve. Rides across the grass and heads up. He, he might get one more lap if he hasn't put too much grass in the radiators. Yeah, or, or damage the tyres with the, with, with the like, spin. Yeah, with the spin and going mm. sideways and backwards and everywhere but forwards. That was a shame because he had a good one going yes. there. Yes, one of the few to, to make an improvement in the, uh, in the closing stages of the session. There's still three minutes to go. There's plenty of time on the clock. Interesting, in the Cadillac, uh, of the Cadillacs, uh, the best of them is 0.628 behind Colin Brown. But uh, Philippe Nasser in car number 31 and his teammate, car number 5, Philippe Albuquerque, those two separated by, well, 0 0.050, so half a tenth of a second. Jordan Taylor, he's only a tenth of a second behind as well. And then the two JDC cars, Simon Trummer, he's about three tenths behind Jordan Taylor. And about a second clear of Michel, oh no, about three tenths clear of Michel Goikberg. Kalmason on another quick lap at the, in the provisional pool sitting, number 38, Orica in P2. Now he's still out there. Elio Castroneves has not given this up, but his first sect is not great. I wonder if he's just cleaning his tyres off and making sure everything's okay. That yeah. was an improvement for Carl Masson. 108.211. Nice now he's job. got half a second over Dalton Kellett in car number 52. Now, let's see. Does the Acura put, pull into the pits? I think yeah. it might. It does. That's Castro Neves coming in to join his teammate. Juan Montoya, so no better than a front row start for Castro Neves. Is there anyone out there? Jordan Taylor went back out there. He's gone through turn one, exceptionally quick through turn one. The Cadillacs are good there. They must be wearing a yeah. little more downforce. And through two. My goodness, that does look good through there. Doesn't quite ride the bumps as nicely as the Acura going up through three, but he's got good momentum up the hill there. Car doesn't look too twitchy. That might be a good race car, Jeremy Shaw. Yes, definitely. Definitely be a better race car than qualifying car. Yeah. Completely agree with you, John. And, and uh, just again, look at God. the split times. He's losing uh, through the through the middle sector here. Albuquerque is losing well, almost exactly six tenths of a second, and he's point six seven eight off the best time. So Jordan Taylor, last Cadillac standing, pretty much. Will Owen still out? And having just improved last time around, actually, I think. Now, Jordan's bailed out of this one. Wasn't going to improve. So the Konica Minolta 
DPI VR racing car heads back into the pit lane. Will Owen shaved another few fractions off mm -hmm. the, his best time in the Junkers car number 50, the Cadillac. He's also now brought that car onto pit lane. And Will Owen, by the way, sharing this weekend with Victor Franzoni again. That car was, uh, that second drive was still to be nominated when we got here, but Victor Franzoni got the nod. His first, well, actually for both of these two, their first ever visit to Can Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Checkered flag is out. We can confirm it is a pole position for Core Autosport for Nissan. They have beaten the combined might of Acura, Mazda and Cadillac. And in there as well, some of the big names of sports car racing, Acura Team Penske, Mazda Team Yost, and we've got Wayne Taylor Racing in there as well. Well, that is very, very impressive indeed. And that, I have to tell you, as much as we were talking about Jesse Krohn making the difference in the GT Le Mans uh, qualifying session, that's Colin Brown. That is the Colin Brown difference that we've just seen there. A smaller margin, Jeremy, 0 0.074 of a second, but Colin pretty much picked that car up and yes. threw it at the corners yeah. around there. I'm not sure there's another driver in the paddock who could have done that with that car. Uh, I, yeah, no, no argument there. Brilliant effort by, by Colin. He was really, really grabbed that car by the scruff of the neck and extracted every ounce of potential from it. Tremendous job. He, he was the pole, he was the uh, the uh, qualifying lap record holder here for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and he's uh, clipped a, a goodly margin off of that time to set the new benchmark there at 105.452. So that's about over eight tenths of a second faster than one year ago. And again, I'm going to say this while Colin gets out. Uh, that is at race lap record play pace for Marco Werner in an Audi R10 TDI from 11 years ago, back in 2008. The very pinnacle of those LMP1 cars. That's how quick these DPIs are. That's how competitive this championship is again. Becomes the most, uh, that's more poles than anybody else here in uh, IMSA competition for now Colin Brown. He was tied on three with Dirk Mueller and Oliver Gavin. Well, and for Colin Brown means pole number nine. Congratulations on that. That was quite the lap out there. Uh, you had the lap record from last year in the pole position. You just blew that out of the water and took it back. Fastest car around Canadian Tire Motorsport Park since Marco Werner in a Audi R10 11 years ago. How's that feel? Uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, you know a special day when you can be on the pole in one of these races. These guys have been working super hard at Core Auto Sports and uh, definitely been in a bit of a bad luck streak lately. So hopefully this helps get us kicked off and, and going the right way. You know, I love this track up here. I love the fans uh, that come out and support this event. And, you know, it's fun. These Michelin tires have a lot of grip. Obviously, last year we were fast on the Continental, but uh, the Michelins, you know, have notched it up a level this year. So, you know, that kind of lap time around this track is pretty incredible. Where were you flat this year where you had to breathe last year? Yeah, just closer to flat, I would say. Um, you know, it's uh, it's crazy, though. The lap's just as hard as it was last year. You're just, you know, a chunk quicker. So a lot of fun. Really proud of these guys. They've done a great job, like I said. And uh, I think we have good race pace. Honestly, we kind of made a last-minute decision to try to have me qualify. Um, you know, we had good, good p speed in practice, so we thought we'd give it a whirl. And happy we could qualify this well with our race car. Now, the car looked like it was moving around a little bit out there. Was there more time in this thing? I don't know. I did agree, you know, kind of a, you know, okay lap. Then I went for a greedy lap, and that stuck pretty good. And so I was like, oh, I should have went for an even greedier lap. But, um, yeah, it was good. I was proud of that lap. Certainly, um, you know, on the edge in a few places, over some exit curbs that I didn't like to be over. But uh, you got to do what you got to do. Congrats, Colin. Thank you. Appreciate it.
lot of big names behind Colin Brown, and he's doing a cracking job there, Jeremy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether the uh, the team elects to actually start him from the pole position or do what they did uh, several times last year, get Colin to, Colin to get the glory on pole day and then start from the, mm. do a change of starting driver. John Bennett would drive the opening stint and, and then start at the back. You know, I, I would have thought here that the, the, the best move would be to run out front. Uh, if you can stay there, hand over the car to... John in the lead, he can do his, his middle stint of the race mm. and then um, keep it on a lead lap and see what Colin can do at the end. Yeah. yeah. We shall see. Carl Masson on pole position in the LMP2 category. Congratulations to him and to Yessi Crom for BMW. GT Le Mans Paul Sitter, GTD, Robbie Pauly. So two BMWs on pole positions in the GT category. Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam were alongside me. John Hindhoff, and we'll have the whole race live for you in sound and vision on Sunday. The Mobile One Sports Car Grand Prix live here from Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.